Hello, Noteworthy listeners. This is Ben Fredericks. Listen, I want to just say thank you for tuning into our little show here. We don't do a lot of episodes, but when we do them, we want them to be meaningful and impactful for you as an investor. Uh, but it really means the world to us that you take a little time out of your day to listen. And before we get into this episode, I'd like to invite you out to our upcoming event in Orlando, September 22nd and 23rd. This is going to be a mastermind level event when it comes to investing in notes and creative financing of real estate. I'm bringing in some of the best investors in the space to cover things like performing and non-performing notes, due diligence strategies, raising private money to buy all the deals you want, turnkey rentals, subject to acquisitions, marketing, seller financing, and a whole lot more. Look, foreclosures are rising and sellers are going to need your help as an investor. Come learn what's working now. Seating's limited. We don't make big events. These are really, like I said, meant to be mastermind level events where they can be highly interactive. You can ask a lot of questions of our guest speakers and learn and take things home that you can actually implement. There's not a rush to the back of the room to sell you some course and all these different things. This is something that you can use to actually propel your business forward as a real estate investor. All right. So if you want to come check us out at noteworthyusa.com forward slash events, I'll put the link in the description. In the meantime, enjoy this episode with my great friend, Beyond Wynn. All right, cool. Well, let me do a quick intro. So uh, guys, welcome to our webinar. Uh, usually we do these in the later evening, but in order to accommodate my good friend here today, I wanted to uh, make sure his time was respected and we get it done at a time where he can uh, be here to bring you some great value. So uh, my guest today is my good friend Beyond Win, and I'm excited because I think you're really going to get enjoy getting to know him as I have. And uh, let's see, I think we've known each other about, what, five or six years now, something like that. Does that sound right? Sound about right. I think it was like before the, the scamdemic. Like, yeah, you know, yeah, most, most definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, and I've gotten to know him a bit over this, uh, that amount of time. And uh, his journey has been so fun for me to watch uh, just because not only is he a great investor, I mean, he's done over 500 real estate deals and owns a, a large rental portfolio. But he's really paying it forward in communities across the country and sharing his knowledge and devotion, you know, to a better life, you know, daily. And you can witness that a lot of that on social media. And if you're not following him, I would encourage you to do so. He's at Beyond Win uh, on Instagram. So, um, ladies and gentlemen, my friend Beyond Win, welcome, brother. Hey, thanks for having me. Yeah, man, I'm excited. So, um, First, I mean, I can do a little intro for you. Obviously, I just did, but it doesn't really tell the tale of you, you know, as a human being. So I wonder if you could just, uh, you know, give us a, a, a taste of your journey uh, from your perspective and, and how you've come to be where you are today uh, as an investor and, you know, just as a person. All right, cool. So again, hello, everyone. And uh, thanks, Ben, for inviting me to share on your platform. 
My name is Beyond Wynn, born and raised in Cleveland, Ohio. As a kid, I worked with my grandfather and my uncles doing uh, construction work and rehab projects. My, my grandfather used to build houses here in Cleveland, Ohio. I hated working with my uncles and my grandfather because I didn't like getting my hands dirty and it was always a hard time getting the paint off my hands. I hated it, but that was my first exposure to, to, to real estate, learning from the inside out. Uh, fast forwarded a little bit, went through a lot of turbulence at home with my mom, single parent home, went through a lot of turbulence with, with our relationship, you know, uh, abused at home, bullied at school. Uh, after that, I, I looked for love in the streets. So, you know, I joined gangs, uh, you know, everything that you could think of when it comes to gangs and being in the streets, looking for love out, you know, in all the wrong places. Uh, father was absent from my life. Uh, that was always, that always bothered me because I've seen other people with, with their fathers, but my father was absent. So that was something else that I was dealing with, you know, one of those things, especially being a man, being a man, uh, you know, me growing up, like I wasn't, I didn't hear I love you a lot. Um, you know, I was told that if you show emotion or cry, that's soft, that's weak. So for most of my life, I was playing a role, like, you know, to, to be tough because I couldn't show uh, feelings and emotion. So 14 years old, I found myself in, in detention home. After detention home, got out of detention home, I'm still playing a role. It never lined up with my heart and my love for people, playing a role and just hide my feelings and emotions. I wind up in state prison. Uh, you know, after state prison, there, it was federal prison. And, and what happened, you know, uh, along my journey, uh, I met some, some people that were on a different path and they started to share different things with me. Uh, the first time I heard personal development, mindset. So I started to look at these things because when I looked at my life, my life didn't line up with, with, with where I wanted to be and the things that I felt inside of me. So I started to try something different. So I started to read these personal development books. I, I read Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And I was like, you know what? If I want something different, I'm probably gonna have to try something different to get me some different results. So I started practicing the things that, that I read in, in those books. Uh, I bought my first property at the age of 18. That was the first property I bought. I moved into it. I did my first fix and flip. I believe I was 21. It was my first fix and flip. I got a mentor and he kind of walked me through that process. And I've been, you know, in love with real estate ever since. Yeah. Man, I, <laughs> I understand now why a little bit more why you and I jive so well is because we have a I mean, not our paths aren't identical, but they're similar in the aspect of the way that we got introduced to real estate. So mine was working in helping my grandma with her duplex and her other rental mm -hmm. properties, and you know, uh, painting and mowing lawn and all that stuff. I was like, man, I don't, I don't like doing any of this stuff. And still to this day, I mean, I pay somebody else to mow my lawn <laughs> because right. I hate doing it. Um, but uh, it, I did see the value in it, you know, in terms of like what real estate would, would could do for you. And, um, you know, in terms of like uh, the father figure presence, like, uh, you know, I was fortunate. I had a stepdad that came into my life and, and was very, very good to me uh, and continues to be so. But 
you know, without having that, it, it is definitely detrimental to your, your perspective. And it also helps me understand who you are today as a father, like, you know, in terms of what you're doing for your kids. And, and you can speak to that a little bit more as well. Um, but, you know, we want to give our kids something different than just like handing them, you know, sort of the keys to the business and saying, well, right. I built it now here, here it's yours. You know, we want to teach them to, to do these things for themselves. So, you know, God forbid, we're not here. Um, you know, they, they have all the knowledge that they need to, to make it happen. So uh, I appreciate you sharing that. So tell me a little bit about like, so you do your first deal and was your, was your grandfather still around at that time to like walk you through that? Yeah. So, so my first deal, the first property that I purchased, it was actually a property across the street from where I lived with my mom, a lady across the street, she died. Her kids flew in from Texas. They wanted nothing to do with the property. They, they just wanted to sell it. So I bought the property for 13,000. It was a single family, three bear, one bath. I bought it and my grandfather and uncles did the rehab. Oh, nice. So yeah, like the way you know how to, I, you know, I spent some time with you in Cleveland and you know, we went, I, I believe actually we drove by that property. I think you took me by that property. We did. Today. This is the first deal I ever bought. So I, I mean, whether you knew it or not at that time, you were probably learning a little bit more through osmosis, whereas to like, all right, here's how I price things out. And like, now it's like second nature for you. You can walk in and you, you've done so many deals. You're like, all right, that's, that's going to be $1,800 right there. That's going to be this, that. So it's funny to like, when you look back on how you learn things, sometimes you don't realize what you're learning until it comes time to apply it. Right. So absolutely. Yeah. So you do the first deal and then does that just kind of like perpetuate itself? Or like, are you just, are you starting to build at that point? Like how long you've done hundreds of deals now, but like in your first year, like how long does it take you to like, do you stumble along the way? Is there, there are screw ups? Is there mishaps? Like those, those are the things that we can all learn from. Right. And nobody does it perfectly. So I'm curious to hear yours. So after the first deal, Six months after that, I go to state prison. Oh, okay. It's a bit of a summer. So <laughs> yeah. So yeah. So six months after that, I go to state prison. My mom moves in to the property. And when I when I come back, when I return from my state sabbatical, yeah. I, I got into retail flips. So I got a mentor and I got into retail flips, basically, you know, fixing flips to, to homeowners. Yeah. Okay. So, all right. So why I'm assuming while you were on sabbatical, as you say, you were spending some time in there learning, like, all right, here's, you know, and I think you and I actually had this conversation, you know, on a car, a car ride from like Columbus to, to Cleveland, where you're just like, right. all right, when I come out of this, this is what I'm going to do. Like you had fully planned out, like how that was going to, to happen for you. So tell me about that. Like you, you get out and now you're like into this retail flips like, what's the process for that? How, how did you step into that? So, so when I get out, a, a friend of mine that was on, we was on a journey together illegally. He introduced me to the real estate broker that had helped him start to buy residential and commercial buildings. So he introduced me to him because, you know, basically I said I was divorcing, you know, that. And so he introduced me to the real estate broker. And so 
he became my mentor. So the, the first project, he, he showed me in action uh, how to find the right property that fits the, that strategy. And basically he was he, the same way that I teach today. And that's why I think about it. I was like, wow, I teach the same way today. Basically his words to me were, if you want me to teach you, you got to put your money where your mouth is. We're not about to spend a whole bunch of time talking. You need to buy a property. So are you ready to buy a property? I said, yes. So, so he, he, he sent me a list. He started sending me lists and he told me what we was looking for. Um, you know, looking at the pictures, being clear about my criteria, uh, found the property. We both met at the property. We walked through the property. He showed me how to evaluate the property, take inventory of what was going on. After we took inventory of what was going on, he taught me how to put the numbers to it. Okay, this is what the roof is going to cost. This is what the gutters, the windows, electrical, plumbing, heating. And then after we went through that, he called all of the contractors out to go over the numbers that he had already went through with me. So he taught me hands-on all the way to the, the rehab being done, to it being listed on the MLS. So I get a check. I remember the first check. That was the first legal check that I ever got in my whole life. I had to check in my pocket for about a month showing all of my friends. And basically what I told them was, listen, we don't have to risk our lives. We don't have to put ourselves in a position where somebody else is raising our kids. Like it's a, it's a way Here, here's the proof. And so yeah. that was my first retail flip. Yeah. A couple of things there that I want to unpack. First of all, like you, you show, you show your friends that check how many of them actually, you know, went over to the light, so to speak? One, out of how, out of how many? A whole neighborhood. And that unreal. And yeah. are they still, are they still, you know, uh, doing real estate today? Oh, for sure. Like, yeah, yeah, my one friend, yeah, he's super successful. Like he that. went to, yeah, he's went on to build a couple of different businesses yeah. off, starting from real estate. Man, I hope he takes you like out to dinner sometimes. Like, oh, that's, <laughs> my guy. that's my guy. That's awesome. Guy. So, and then the other thing that I wanted to, to unpack there was you said something, and it was if you blinked, you might have missed it, but you said you divorced your prior life. Like, that is so key because, and, and you just showed that it's almost impossible for a lot of people to do. Like, they just cannot let go of this life that they're in right now for whatever reason. And you were able to do it, but I'm curious, was it difficult to do that? Or were you just so like, you made the decision that it was, it's over, like, and I'm, I'm not going back. It's like going back to, you know, maybe like an ex-girlfriend or something where you're like, you might go back a couple of times. You're like, I knew that girl was crazy. Why am I, why am I doing this to myself? And then, you know, you go back out. I'm curious, were, were there slip ups where you were like tempted to go back to that life or were you just so committed? I'm out. No, it was difficult. It was difficult because here's the thing with, with, with that life. Most of the time you just hear people talk about the, the, the users, they talk about them being addicts, but no, no, we, we are addicts. Anytime yeah. that you can continue to do something, going to your friend's funeral, like you're burying your friends, you leave there and continue on the same path. Anytime you can go to court with your friends, you see them get 10, 20 life, life sentences and you continue to do the same thing. You're addicted to something like you, you have a problem. Yeah. And so I, so I understood that it was an addiction. But at the same time, me being me, when I look in the mirror, I refuse to let 
anything control me. And so I was like, okay, let, like this is a challenge. Like, let's see who wins. Like, I'm not, I'm not falling down. Like, I'm going to rise to the occasion. I'm done, no matter what. I can lose everything. And, and when I divorced it, you know, anytime you make a commitment to something, anytime you make a commitment to something, here comes the test. Whatever you saying that you're about to commit to, the test started to show up. And so when, when I said I was done, it's like so much money got took and like everything. It was like, okay, what, you still done? I was like, yep, I'm still done. And so it just made me stronger. Every day I got stronger and stronger. Yeah. And then I got to a place where, you know, I never thought about it again. Like, mm. yeah, it's over. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. There's, there's actually a great book about that. I think it's called um, the dip. And uh, I wish I could remember Seth Godin wrote it, I think, mm. but basically what he talks about is, you know, that hard point that we hit, like when you get into business, you get excited, like, all right, I got this idea mm -hmm. and I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. And then guess what? Shit happens. And then you're right. like, well, that wasn't as exciting as I thought, but the gold is just on the other side of that dip where like, if you can make it past that dip, make it past the trials and tribulations. And that's why most businesses fail in the first five years, right? Like, so because Absolutely. most people, they don't have the wherewithal to withstand that test that you're talking about. So, and there will be tests. Like we all go through them. It doesn't matter how good you get, how big you get, like it, anything, the whole world is a test. So once you accept that, I think like it, it makes all the difference in the world. So, all right. So now you're going on and you're, you're building this business and, you know, uh, you start to, to see some success. Like what were you doing? How long were you doing the, the, the retail fix and flips before you started holding some deals? So I did. When did I get my first? I can't remember the, the first year I, I actually started holding properties. And it was funny because I didn't I didn't plan for it. I was addicted to the, the fix and flips, like those yeah. lump sums. Like I was a, I was addicted to that because I, I came from a place where it's like I'm used to dealing with a lot of money, like often. Yeah. And Buying so, wholesale, selling retail. <laughs> yeah. So so I was addicted to the fix and flips. And what happened was the uh, 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 older woman two doors down from my first property that I bought. It was a, a two family and a single family in the back. An older woman, she was getting in her car one day and she she called me, she said, come here. And so I went to see what she wanted. And she said, I hear that you buying all the properties around here. And I said, you know, I, I'm, I'm trying. She said, well, I'm losing this property. I owe 14,000 in back taxes. They are gonna take it because I don't have the 14,000 to pay. But if you want it, I'll give you the property. Like I quit claim you the property if you want it. Yeah. I was like, I was like, yeah, I, I want it. And so that was my first rental property. And so she quit claiming me the property. I went and got on a payment plan for the taxes. It was a tenant in the front unit upstairs. And so she basically paid for the taxes. I put 10 grand into the property to get it all the way up, fully functional. And I refinanced it for $90,000. That was my first rental property. Oh, that's awesome. So now you can't do, this is, this is where we all kind of hit a limit. It doesn't matter if you're doing uh, uh, rentals or if you're trying to buy notes or you're, you're, you know, fix and flips, whatever. At some point, personally, we all run out of money. So like, we're not the Rockefellers. So, you know, it's like, right. all right, well, we got to figure out if I want to keep doing this at scale, I'm going to have to go out and raise some money. So 
I'm curious, like, what was that process like for you to your first time? You're like, okay, listen, if I want to take this next level, I'm going to have to bring in some, some other capital. Was it just from people seeing what you were doing? Because I'm assuming this was largely before social media. Um, yeah, you know, yeah, this is all before social media. Yeah, where you're getting your, it's so much easier to get your message out into what we're doing, you know. So how did that come to be in terms of you being able to, to say, all right, now I'm going to take this next level and bring in some, some private investors? So at the time, I didn't bring in private investors. At the time, what I started to do was I used the Burr method. Ah, okay. And for those of you that aren't familiar, Burr is just buy, rehab, refinance, repeat. Yep. So that's basically what I did. Okay. Oh, awesome. So how, how long did that go for until you get to the point where, because I know you're, you're, you're very masterful now at, you know, doing joint venture deals or bringing on private money. Like how long does that go where, until it becomes that, where you're, you're bringing in outside investors? So I didn't start bringing in outside investors to probably maybe 10 years ago. Yeah maybe 10 years ago, uh, for, the, for the most part, I was recycling my own money. So I was saving and investing 50 to 75% of everything I made and continuing to put that into deals. Okay. And then it started to, it started to come in, come in even more when I started to use the wholesale strategy. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That was like a, a key thing for us too, is we initially, when we started out, we had one private investor and, you know, my partner, John, and I would, you know, sell a couple deals, keep one, sell a couple deals, keep one. And then, you know, basically use the, the money that we were, you know, uh, selling to, to buy more deals. And a lot right. of people have a hard time with that. Like, and we did too. I mean, initially when you're, when you're getting those big checks, you're like, all right, what can I buy with this? Like, all right, uh, you know, I can increase my lifestyle here. But I think a lot of people miss the entire point of the exercise is that if you, right. you know, uh, as sort of a antithesis to what you said before, but if you can marry yourself to your current lifestyle and not, you know, and think of like, all right, what's this going to look like 10 years down the road? If I keep reinvesting into this fund for myself, um, it's a huge game changer. And I'm, I mean, if you're able to, especially for you, like and the Burr method is so cool because a lot of times you're just using the bank's money. I mean, so in other words, you did have a private investor. It was just the local bank, you know, right. a lot of times that's cheaper money anyways. So, all right. So you bring on a, a, an investor about 10 years ago. How does that, does that make a significant impact in your business? It gave me some extra currency. It allowed me to do more deals when I started to focus on OPM versus my own money, because what I've what I understood was if I'm just thinking about my own money, no matter how much it is, it's a ceiling on it. But yeah. if I'm thinking about other people's money, there's no ceiling on it. And any deal, no great deal will go unfunded as long as it's a deal. Like, yeah. like so it just, it opened up the floodgates. Yeah. I was reading something, uh, one of the guys from Bigger Pockets I follow on Instagram, and he was talking about, you know, how easy it is to raise money or, you know, do a, do a, a bigger deal by raising money. Right. And I was going through the comments, literally hundreds of comments on this guy's page and they were negative. Like, oh yeah, if only I knew people with money, it'd be so easy, you know? And it was unbelievable just the, the mindset that most people are in that they can't see 
that there's money everywhere. Like it's just, there's money driving down the street. Those cars right. weren't free. Those, those houses weren't free. The buildings weren't free. Money is surrounding us. So there's, there's no vision. And so I think a lot of people are stuck in their own negativity when it comes to raising money, because th that's the number one question that we get at our events. A lot of times is like, okay, I want to buy more notes, but how do I raise more capital? And you know, you just said it. I mean, a great deal is going to find capital. You just need to be talking about what you're doing. And today it's easier than ever. Like you, you listen, seriously, whether you're watching this now or you're watching this down the road, follow beyond because he gives like a master class on how to run Instagram every single day. Like, and I don't, I can't imagine the amount of like uh, business that you generate just from Instagram alone. Um, I can, it's gotta be a, a significant amount because you, you, first of all, you put out great content, you know, not just related to real estate, but when you're talking about real estate, you know, it's as an investor, you look at it and you say, okay, that's a deal. Like I get it. And if, if I've got the money sitting here, I, I would invest in that deal. Right. So, you know, has that social media platform, I mean, it's like a printing press for money. If you use it right, has it like, substantially made an impact in your business? Absolutely. Like social media, it, it's made a dramatic impact in my life and the relationships that I've been able to build all around the world. So that's yeah. my primary focus, like relationships. The money and the opportunities are a byproduct of the relationships. And without social media, most of the people that I've built great relationships with, it wouldn't have been possible without social media. I think a lot of people are, are stuck and struggling because they don't focus on people. Like life is about people. Life is about people. Business is about people. Like yeah. that's it. Like, like real estate, the other stuff is just stuff. Everything is about people. Everything that we want, it comes through people. So if you're intentional about building and maintaining great relationships, everything that you, you want and need is at your fingertips if you make the relationships first. Yeah, true that, man. Yeah, I mean, it, you can watch this guy. I mean, he's telling, he's telling you, uh, you know, he's developed these relationships all over the world. I mean, one minute I'm seeing him going to Atlanta, the next minute he's going to Chicago, the next minute he's going to England. Like, uh, legitimately, he's, he's uh, you know, Johnny World Traveler now. So <laughs> check <it out>. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what you're doing in all these places, but it looks like fun from what I'm seeing. So, but, okay, so now... You got a few kids, right? So seven, uh, seven yeah. So uh, that's a little tongue in cheek. So he's got the Brady Bunch over there. So, yeah. but uh, you know, your kids are now into real estate, and you know they're building their own businesses on you know sort of what they've learned from you over the years. Were they? I'm curious to know this because I'm always you know our kids are our kids can be totally different than us, right? Like some of them can be just like us in a lot of ways, and sometimes they're the opposite. Are they all interested in the real estate game or is it like, dad, that's you. I'm going to be a, a different business or an artist or whatever. Like, is it all a family affair or is there some like on the outskirts that aren't just don't have an interest? So five are interested two not. Yeah. <laughs> so the majority are interested. Okay. Okay. There's always a couple black sheep that are like, yeah, I, sure. I don't want to be like mom and dad. I want to do my own thing. So the kids get it and they come to you and they say, dad, I'd like to do some real estate. 
for those of us that have kids, like, what is that conversation? Is it very similar to what your mentor did with you? Is like, all right, we're, hey, all right, put up or shut up. You know, you got to get some money together and get in, to get into this game. Or like, how does that work? So, so backstory. At, at the time when I had just five kids, I believe they were around the ages of, of five to nine. So I would pick the kids up. It was just me and the kids. And they would go to Home Depot with me to pick up material. They would go with me to look at properties, walk through properties. They would go with me to pick contractors up, drop contractors off. They were going with me to the title company. They're going with me to Home Depot. And they hated it. So <laughs> they hated it. So when I used to go pick them up, like they didn't want to go. They was crying yeah. to, they, to, they, to they moms. Like they didn't want to go. But they had to go. They didn't want to go because they was tired of looking at properties. They was tired of me giving them lectures and seminars. Like every time we together, like they, like they hated it. And what, what happened was if you ask them today, they laugh when the conversation come up, but they're in positions that most people are, are, are not in because of the conversations, because of walking through Home Depot, because of walking through the properties. And my oldest son, he was the one that got interested first. Like, so he came to me and said, he was interested. I didn't believe him. Like, I'm the kind of person, you gotta prove it to me. So he said, he's interested. I was like, well, you come work for free. So he came, worked for free, picking up contractors, picking up material, overseeing projects. And he was showing up and working like it was his project. So we did a couple of those and I'm seeing them show up and I'm seeing them get dirty. I'm seeing them just go over and beyond. I'm like, okay. So the next project, I was like, I'm gonna pay you to manage this project to completion. So I paid him on that, did excellent. Did another one, paid him. I was like, hmm, I, I, I love the way you're showing up because I gave my best friend that I grew up with, I gave him the same opportunity to come and work with me and as I grow you're gonna grow he never showed up he didn't take yeah. me up on the offer my son showed up and around the same time I got an opportunity that somebody sent me you know a, a bunch of properties at a great deal and so by my son showing up he had started to save save up some money and so I was like okay we're gonna go in on on this property it was a three family we're gonna go in on this property and so that was one of his first first properties and what happens the other kids seeing him committed and start seeing the checks that he was getting and so a couple of the other kids were like you know, like we, we we interested too yeah but yeah yeah it trickles down right yeah so, yeah that's awesome man like that's that's legacy right there i think and that's the that's the cool point when you do enough deals in real estate and you build up a a a, a portfolio of whether it's notes or ask the hard assets whatever the case may be you know, then you can start to focus on, on doing stuff like that. And it gets, that's where, you know, it makes a, making impact is like you said before, it's about people, right? So right. real estate is a byproduct of the things that we do, but if you can make an impact on people, I mean, it just perpetuates and just keeps going and going and going. And that's a big part of why I got involved with Noteworthy was because like, okay, I learned so much from this. How can I give that back? Because I mean, let's face it, and no offense to the to the older folks that might watch this at some point, and I'm becoming one of those older folks, but like if there's a lot of older people in the note space, 
And a lot of younger people don't understand that they could do it as well. Like they understand the concept of like, oh, I could buy a house from this seller and they might finance it to me, but they don't understand that they could turn around and do the same exact thing, you know, and do a wraparound note or get mm -hmm. even more creative with the deal. And they're leaving a lot of money on the table, which, so all that to say is like, your, your ability to pay forward what you've learned is probably one of the more important things that we can do in this business because there's going to be people that come behind us, whether they're family or if you never have family, like my mentor, he never had kids. And so mm -hmm. I think in a lot of ways, you know, I'm looked at as like a, a son figure to him to where he's taught me all these things to, to be able to grow myself and completely change my life. And without people to do that, it's just... It, it just gets pigeonholed into like one little sector of people that get to take advantage. And that's not right. Like if people want to put in the effort to do it, it's great that they have people, you know, like yourself to learn from. And I, I don't know if you ever saw the, there was like an HBO documentary called uh, the defiance. It was about Dr. Dre and Jimmy Ivey. So no. Yeah. What is called it called? The defiant ones. So it's about Dr. Dre and Jimmy Iovine and Jimmy Iovine talks about, his greatest ability was availability. So your son, and this just made me think of that, your son versus your friend that you offer the opportunity to say, hey, if you're available, come work. It's not going to be for, you know, I'm not going to pay you initially. I want to see if right. you really want this. He wouldn't make himself available to do it, but your son did. And you know, that just reminded me from a story there, like he, it was like a Thanksgiving day. I'm not going to go off on a big tangent here, but I want to share it because it's very important. On Thanksgiving day, one year, Jimmy Iovine was working as a, like a, he used to sweep up this record uh, recording office, right? And John Lennon called him and said, hey, can you come down and unlock the studio? I want to record some music today. And I can't get a hold of anybody else because it was Thanksgiving. Everybody's spending with their family. And he's like, absolutely. So he went down and he's like, um, do you think you could stick around and help me record this? And he's like, absolutely. So then Jimmy Iovine, who's now, for all intents and purposes, a billionaire because he's part of Beats and you know all that with Dr. Dre, he would never have become who he, maybe he would, but doubtful. I mean, he went on to produce Bruce Springsteen and, you know, all these incredibly big acts. And it was because he made himself available to do it. And oftentimes that's like the secret of life. Like if you could just Absolutely. make yourself available, the world might open up to you. So mm -hmm. that's why I say yes to most things. Like I have a real problem with saying no. My wife always tells me this. Like you don't say no to much. And I'm, I'm getting better at that, but me too. Yeah. <laughs> but because I say yes, something, and that's why I continue to want to say yes, you know, is because mm -hmm. some things present themselves in those times. You just never know what's, what's going to come. So, right. Um, you know, so I, I'm not going to keep you long, but I wanted to, to um, share with people some of the other things that you're doing. So right now in, to the tune of giving back, and it's not just for free, but beyond does do coaching. So if you want to uh, connect with him, you can most certainly do that on his website, Beyond Win, which is W-Y-N-N.com. And um, he's got an event coming up October 1st, I believe it is, in Cleveland. Yes. Yes. So talk to me about that. What do you do? It's, it's typical and it's different than the typical real estate event, right? Because you are actually going out into the field 
and mm -hmm. like going through deals with people together and you're doing like a phone clinic and you know all these things to help like just you're basically throwing people into the deep end of the pool sometimes to where like all right you're gonna swim or not like so talk talk a little bit about that yeah so it's called the cleveland cleveland infield training with the pros and one of the reasons why why i created that was because that's how i learned i learned hands-on i didn't learn in the classroom I hated sitting in the classroom. That's maybe why I dropped out in the ninth grade. But I like I like hands-on, and I think what better place to learn real estate than actually hands-on in real in real properties. So what we do is we in the morning, like we meet up, we hop on a, a bus, we hop on a bus, and we go through some zip codes in Cleveland. We go through zip codes so people can actually see what the zip codes look like, what the properties look like. And then I talk specific strategies for specific zip codes because I've seen a lot of people come to Cleveland with people that had no interest in helping people and they thought that they can use a, a strategy that this person was selling in all of the zip codes and it's, it's not true. So I talk specific strategies that work in specific zip codes. I talk the average assignment fees that work in the different zip codes. Yeah. So I, I so I talked that and um, I got my contractor. My contractor is there with us. We go into real properties that we own. We walk the properties with my contractor. My contractor is talking how to how to put your construction crew together, how to vet them, what the contract need to look like when you you hiring contractors. I go over evaluating a property from the roof to the basement, things to look out for, things you, you should walk away from. Uh, my partner, cousin Nita, she goes through the whole wholesaling process, A to Z. Um, my, my, my sister, Dana Christian, she goes in depth about how she built a, a multi-million dollar uh, rental portfolio here in Cleveland using business credit cards with 0% interest. My brother, Mr. Will Roundtree talks about the, the funding using you know uh, unsecured business lines of credit you know, to buy real estate, to flip real estate. So basically a synopsis of, of everything, you know, that, that you need to get started to, to do your first deal or to maybe scale up, but give you deep insight so you can make an informed decision about real estate and the strategy that best fits you uh, for your journey and your goals as it pertains to real estate. That's awesome. Is that, is that a one day event or do you break that up over a couple of days? That's one day. One day. So we, so we together from like 10, 10 to six and most of the time it goes over. We don't yeah. really focus on, I don't focus on going over. I focus on making sure that everybody leaves with all of their questions answered. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's uh, most people, and I'm, <laughs> I want to ask you this question because I, I'm always curious when it comes to coaching and stuff. And like, we've had people come through and, you know, we, we teach about notes or, you know, different things like, um, and I've, I've done some coaching, which uh, on auction stuff, like how many people actually follow through? Do you think? Do you do you, are you, do you keep track of that? Like uh, people that are actually taking action after they come to like want to spend time with you because they're paying to be there. So yeah. And, so so with the with the trainings, I don't I don't I don't keep track as to how many people actually do something, but a few people stand out. Uh, yeah. A few people stand out because I can see them taking action. I think a lot of time people are curious. So that's why I always tell people like, listen, come to the infield training. It's only a thousand dollars. To me, that's almost free for the information and knowledge that we given. And we really out in the field, looking at properties, walking through properties, 
that way you can decide if real estate is really for you because some people tell you or sell you on like it's easy. You don't need no money, no credit, no right. knowledge, no hustle. Like that's not true. Like none of that, none of that is true. So my goal is to give people like uh, like in depth, like hands on of what it is, so they can make an informed decision whether it's for them or not. Awesome, I love it, man. Well, listen, I know you got a lot of stuff going on, so I'm not going to keep you, but I did want to show you something. Um, I keep this in my desk. My friend here is an author, and um, I wanted to point something out to you. This, this is great because I can't. You and I were at a, a an event together mm -hmm. at uh, Mark Evans' event. I think it was, huh? yeah, in Columbus. Columbus. And one of the things I noted about you at that event, like I, I'm observant of people, I watch what they do, and you know, kind of the way that they interact with other people, or just the way they they take in information. But one of the things that you do that I noticed was that you were constantly writing down thoughts that you had. They weren't necessarily pertaining to what the speaker might have said. And, you know, it, it might not even have been the speaker when they were talking might not have been applicable to. So you had time to think of these thoughts and you weren't you weren't wasting time on something that you weren't going to, you know, have use of, so to speak. So and you're like, all right, let, let me let me take some time to think here. And I might be completely wrong about that. You might just have these thoughts that they flow into you and you cannot stop them and you just have to write them down to get them out of your head. I understand that too. But Beyond has written this book and I, I pulled this book out because I keep, I do actually keep it in my desk because a lot of times you're going through the day and sometimes, you know, shit goes sideways and you're just like, all right, let me, let me refocus here. Let me reset. And, you know, you've got some great stuff in here. Um, it's just a book of quotes. These are just your thoughts like out on paper. Right. And I, you have two of these, right? Yeah. I have a, a, the second, the second edition, this is the second yeah. edition. So, uh, can they buy those on your website? No, amazon.com. Oh, okay. Perfect. I'm on amazon.com and all of the, 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 the quotes are organic straight from my brain. Most of the quote books that I've read, they quoted other people and that's yeah. fine. So I, but I wanted to do something different. I wanted to share a fragment of my imagination and, you know, my thoughts. Yeah. There's a lot of thoughts, man. Like, so I was sitting here wondering, I was like, man, I wonder if I have this many thoughts, but uh, you know, he's the one thing I love about my friend here is that he's very insightful. Um, he lives a very clear purpose driven life and it's somebody that you should follow and connect with because I mean, he's just a good dude. And like, I think if you watch, watch him, it's inspirational because not only is he focused on you know, real estate, but like he said, he's focused on people is one of the best relationship building people I've ever met in my life. Like he's very thoughtful. He, he'd send a, a gift to my daughter who he's never met, you know? So, um, you know, thank you for that again, by the way. And I mean, just that, but also if you want to get tips on getting fit, I mean, I think you can see the guy's got some guns, you know, maybe watch him and, and it, you know, I, I'd be scared to go to the gym with you because I'd be embarrassed, but, um, you know, somebody that you can aspire to, to be like, I mean, he talks about being fit mentally, financially, and physically. And, you know, that's one of the things he really lives his life about. So I'm glad to know you, my friend. I'm glad to know you as well. And, you know, you're an amazing human being yourself, like period. Uh, individual human beings like you are rare. 
from our first interaction, the first deal that we ever done, I bought a property in Garfield, Garfield Heights on uh, Shady Oak. I remember it like yesterday because I did a, I did a class there for $25. I did a class there, but that was five years ago. Yeah, like five, six years ago. I bought the property from you. I did a real estate class at that property for $25 per person, sharing the information and resources with people as it pertains to real estate. But just our first deal, like you did everything that you said that you're, you were going to do. Like, yeah. that's rare. Like you said, you know, I, I said, I'm interested in the property. He's like, okay, cool. You need to wire X amount of dollars here. Boom. I wire the money. He was like, okay, you'll have the property be transferred. This is the time frame. The property was transferred. And, you know, we've been, we've been building ever since. Yeah. So. Well, uh, Beyond is going to be at our event in September. I'm really excited. So we'll get to hang out in person. It's been a while. So uh, if you'd like to go to that, you can register on our website. And we'll get much deeper uh, then, and he's going to deliver some great stuff for you as well. So if you go to noteworthyusa.com forward slash events. And um, so, yeah, I appreciate you, brother. I will let you get back to your day. And uh, as always, man, you need anything, I'm always here for you. For sure. I'm, I'm looking forward to the event so I can learn. No, right. <laughs> I'm ready. Thanks All right, again. cool, man. Peace. Peace. Thanks, Beyond.